like filmmaking is a holistic process. Like we, everybody's so necessary. And like, I don't think anybody is more important than the other. Like we all need each other to make the thing. <laughs> so. uh, welcome to this Industry Life podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Haskell. I'm your co-host, Anthony Wilson. And I'm your producer, Katie Garland Noble. Today we have a wonderful guest, Heather Mingo, who is a actress, a voice actor, a director, a writer, a first AD. She does just about everything. <laughs> and a card game creator. Oh yeah, Da-da-da. and she has an incredible card game, and she's one of the most beautiful people on the planet. <laughs> and I love her to bits. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So to start it off, I guess we can just start with the old uh, how did you get where you are thing and then move on from there, I guess. Yeah, like I am brand, brand new to L.A. I guess I moved here a year ago, so it's uh, been a a strange time (laughs) since being here, obviously. (laughs) Uh, So six months of that has obviously been in my house. (laughs) But um, but yeah, as far as like where I've gotten in my career, I started as an actor and I was mostly working in theater and sketch comedy in college and high school. Then when I moved to Chicago, I started working more on camera. And then I moved to New York for a couple of years and started doing more theater again. And it wasn't until I moved back to Chicago another two years later that I started getting into behind the camera stuff and like development. And I just wasn't excited for the roles I was being put up for. And so my partner at the time was like, write something for yourself. And so I did. And it actually ended up being something more for him than for myself, whom that just seems to be a a, a trait of mine uh, that I'm learning (laughs) to to move away from. But uh, yeah, so we created a web series together called Bass Solo. And it was about a jazz musician in Chicago. And I played his roommate character. Um, But I produced that and co-wrote it with him. And uh, I wasn't super excited about, that was like my first foray into producing. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, there's a a lot I need to learn here. So I uh, ended up connecting with a different, like more established production company and started writing stuff and getting it produced through them. That was a uh, soft cage films and I co-wrote a feature and AD'd and produced that. And uh, then a three part anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I, let's see, then I got more into commercial production as a producer and first AD and kind of moved more into voice acting and, and stopped going out for as many on camera auditions and was definitely more like, behind the scenes with it. Um, and my only acting jellies were, were scratched behind the microphone. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And then I moved here about a year ago and hooked up with all of you fine folks to AD, <laughs> AD the one you feed. And so, so that was super exciting. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what made you make the change from acting to then going to just voice acting? I, I was like, let's get real guys. I was like, <laughs> I felt like my, my body was going through some changes. I was dealing with some pretty ma- major depression issues. And so I was putting on weight and I just like, wasn't feeling super happy with the way I looked. And 
So I wasn't booking as many things. And so I didn't feel very good about that. And I, I still felt like I was capable of doing the work, but I just didn't, I guess I just didn't have the look for it, um, at least for the roles that I was being put up for. And so I uh, just decided I could focus more on voice acting and then it don't matter what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're obviously gorgeous inside <laughs> and out, like in every possible way. And I did watch uh, the feature. Uh, I think it was the Graffito. feature. Uh, is it called? Graffito. <laughs> yes, Graffito. What? You guys did your homework? Oh my oh, God. Yeah. I, yes, we had to. Her face is and good. And I right? actually... <laughs> my favorite scene actually was your acting scene i, I didn't even yes. know you were in it and because I, I thought you just like wrote it in at the bar or produced it yeah yeah exactly oh my god <laughs> so good i was so impressed <laughs> yeah it was cool Thank i felt you. like i was watching like some french new wave like like that scene right there where i kept on like cutting around uh her face and like i don't know just the character you were playing and the black and white. I just, I was, I was, I, that was my favorite scene, probably. So. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me too. It totally was. It was my favorite by far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and actually, speaking of graffito, it was. That's a good call, Anthony. It was kind of like French New Wave, like inspired, like kind of like, and I don't know if this is like intentional or the right thing to say, but like a little Woody Allen, like uh, mm -hmm. New York type vibe, which yeah, I actually definitely. love that movie, even though I know he's like the not scene, the scenes with the, the girl and the main character. I don't know those scenes, like when they were like walking yeah. down that Chicago street and they're just like in the middle of the shot, like, I don't know. It was just it felt like, it felt like Manhattan or yeah, yeah. one of those. Yeah, it was cool. It yeah, I dug yeah. It. did you guys uh, have to put together that whole scene of the protest or was that already happening? That was actually happening. And so we did mm. incorporate uh, footage that we oh, had taken wow. from uh, from actual protests. And, you know, oh. it, it we did end up getting into a little bit of hot water about it because mm, um, really? not not because there was anything wrong with it, because if you're in public, then you technically have no, uh, what because we actually had to consult a lawyer about it. Um, oh, but you oh, have like, wow. yeah, you have like no reasonable expectation of privacy if you are at a protest. Yeah. And so like whatever footage is taken there can be used in whatever way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's, it was definitely like a little gray area that we did that. And um, so somebody who, knew somebody who was who was featured in one of those scenes uh reached out to that person and they were <laughs> like pretty pissed off that we were a little like a little bit making fun of them so it was mm -hmm. like the when they were like reading lyrics to protest songs on their phones like so we were like yeah kind of, yeah kind of poking fun at that and we're just like well i'm sorry you look like a dummy but you, yeah, that was all you <laughs> like, like that was all you actually you. did all that <laughs> So like <laughs> yes, we framed job. it so that it made you look like more of a dummy. But um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So that was all stuff that was just happening at uh -huh. the time. Those were like the Occupy protests. Um, mm. Yeah, but we were we were watching a lot of uh, like Jean-Luc Godard and mm -hmm. just French New Wave at the totally. time, and so that was like a huge inspiration. Obviously, like you, like you pointed out for the film. Yeah. How was the planning for that film? Were you guys just like, whenever you found time, you're like, all right, let's shoot some more scenes for this, or was it, was it just kind of free flowing, or was it uh, a little bit of both? Yeah, it was, maybe? 
it was it was definitely a cool thing. We we like to call it a living script. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wrote 15 pages of the script itself, and then uh, kind of like the bones of an outline. Yeah. And then we went out and shot those 15 pages, and then like Dave Holcomb, the director and editor, and like pretty much everything on the film, <laughs> he he's like the most tenacious person <laughs> I know. And it's like we would go out and film all day, and then like the next morning at 7 a.m., he's like, "Okay, I cut it together," and like, <laughs> damn, that's ready. awesome. <laughs> so, so like we would watch it. And then be like, okay, so what do we need next? And then, you know, we were all kind of like mildly employed at the time. And so it was just like, all right, we've all got time. Like, let's go out and run and gun it. And it's like, I would end up just like, I'm credited as shelf in the credits. And <laughs> we're just like, okay, I'm holding all everybody's things because it's like, we're just shooting guerrilla style yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah. So that was. I love those process. scenes. Yeah, I loved all the gorilla scenes. Those mm-hmm. were also some of my favorite. It just there was it just such like a beautiful realism to it. Like and I and the black and white made it even more powerful. I really loved that. Yeah, it definitely Thanks, worked. Yeah. Um when you moved to you said you lived in New York too? Mm-hmm. How uh were you doing acting over there and producing and I was so- mostly doing uh theater there. Okay. I didn't work on work a ton on camera. I did like a few little student films while I was mm-hmm. there as an actor, but um, I, I had a hard time finding community there. Like everybody was just there kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such a cold, expensive place to be. Sure. And so I think like yeah. everyone is just kind of in it for themselves. And uh, I, it was, it was a stark contrast to Chicago and even LA, mm-hmm. <laughs> like from what I've found. So um, yeah, I was mostly working doing theater for as long as I could. Um, Cause again, it being expensive, I couldn't really sustain that. And mm. I was only in New York for less than two years. And I was like, I got to get back to Chicago. Like it doesn't feel like home here. Yeah. And yeah, when I moved back, that was when I started getting a little more into creating my own stuff. Oh, yeah. And when you were in Chicago, you, you also, uh, you met Sam. How did you, how did you I meet, did. how did you meet Sam? <laughs> I met Sam, the most amazing DP, while I was a producer with a commercial production company. And so he had shot a few things for us. And and actually, like, working on The One You Feed with him was the first time I had done any, uh, like, narrative work with him. So it was really exciting to get in on that. And it was exciting, too, to, like, just find the groove that he drew mm-hmm. and I were able to find. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're, like, we're all speaking the same language. We're all able to like put our heads together and then come out with something that was like really cohesive for everybody else. And it was like lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> it really was. When you moved to LA and you worked on your first feature there, I'm just curious, what were your thoughts before stepping on set of your first feature in LA? And then what did you walk away with after? Well, uh, when Sam reached out to me and told me he was working on it, I I trusted him. I knew that mm-hmm. if he if he was working on it, then everybody who was working on it was going to be great. But it was also a little daunting because it was like, okay, I've never AD'd a feature like this that I wasn't like working from the ground floor on. And it was like a week and a half before production. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, um, well, let's, uh, I'll, I'll read it. I'll see what's happening. And then when I, I got to have the meeting with Katie and <laughs> Drew and Gareth. It was just like, 
all right, so here are my concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a couple of things that seem dangerous. Uh, <laughs> and like, but everything worked out. Like everybody was such a pro mm -hmm. about everything and everybody like morale stayed high. Like obviously we were working some long indie days and sure. uh, it was like hotter than I've ever been <laughs> in a working environment. Miserably hot. And I'm not just talking about the egg scene. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but my takeaway, like, like that was, that was seriously the most special set that I've mm -hmm. ever been on. And, and I've worked on a lot of things and it, just the way it all came together and how positive everybody was and how, how well everyone worked together. And it's, it's rare. Like mm -hmm. there wasn't any, any real head buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, obviously there were, there were some like little kerfuffles, but it, like, it was, it was just amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I walked away from that experience, I guess, measuring my expectations about other productions moving forward. I was like, okay, well, this was like super special. And I acknowledge that. And I know like, I'm not going to be chasing that. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to appreciate this production for what it was and I'm not going to try and recreate it. Um, yeah. I'm just, just going to take it for what it is. That's well, awesome. That's yeah. So amazing. Really and I have to say, I have to like, credit Heather because I mean there were so many like I mean all of us know that we wouldn't have pulled it off without you honestly like you kept us on schedule and you had so much consciousness about safety and about like just respect like you just you just knew what to do in every moment and yeah. um yeah I feel like you were sort of this like quiet leader and I and I'm so appreciative that you were there like um yeah thank you, you I think you knocked it out of the park really quick <laughs> what I also appreciated just thinking like thinking about that is also how you kept things in order but it didn't feel like we were under some manager type or like you still kept it fun it didn't feel like a yeah. job even though you really you. did organize everybody while still doing it in a fun playful way so yeah thank you really yeah like, acknowledge you for that <laughs> and i i think like I'll, I'll credit that to having worked in a lot of different positions in yeah. film and so it's just like i've worked with those ad's that are right. just domineering and like it just tyrannical like they don't need to be that way like mm -hmm. I, I don't know we're all working towards the same goal i respect the hell out of everybody's jobs and <laughs> so and again like having done a lot of the people's jobs it was like i understand that and i appreciate it and so i i know that like i'm going to get better work out of people if you just treat them well <laughs> yeah. so like i'm not gonna yell at you and like it's just like <laughs> I might give you a stern talking to, but it's. <laughs> but I like to think I'm I'm firm but fair on set. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. When I was doing like production assistant work, I always appreciated the ads that were like the most respectful ads, and weren't like so crunched about we have to be on schedule. If we're not on schedule, like I'm gonna lose money. They were more like I want to care for everybody that's on set, but I also yeah want to get done if we can. Mm -hmm. um and i also want to talk about you being an ad to a director who was also acting and what was that like mm -hmm. yeah that's a good question. yeah that was something i was uh i was nervous about having 
not like I don't have a lot of directing experience and um, and again, like not knowing everybody very well when I got on set, um, I, I really trusted Drew with what he wanted to achieve as the director. And so like, uh, and I really appreciated that when he was in scenes, he, he really deferred to me. Um, and he trusted my judgment about certain things about like whether or not we got it and whether or not it needed to be like tweaked in any kind of way. Um, so I was nervous going in, not really knowing him well that like, okay, so you're the writer, you're the lead actor, you're the director. Like my, my instinct goes to like huge ego, but mm -hmm. like, that's just not that guy. And yeah. so, <laughs> and so I, like, I think that was a really special situation too. So he, he was able to like, when he had his director hat on, like that was what he was doing. When he had his actor hat on, that was what he was doing. And mm -hmm. so that was greatly appreciated that like he he trusted everybody and so yeah. i think that made for that dynamic to be to work well and just be really special for sure i think trust is a huge thing for like any crew members and i would say that that probably played into uh the production of the one you feed and how like how calm of a set was how of a set that it was is because everybody trusted in each other it's true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you guys, I think you guys had this like kind of intuitive, like psychic. That's I wasn't there for a lot of it, you know. I was out doing this, that, and third. <laughs> but I, I heard that like you and Sam and Drew just had this like psychic, like it was like one person would be thinking it, and then like either you'd say it or Drew would say it or Sam <laughs> would say it, and then you guys be like, yeah, that's what I was thinking, and then it was just like you were on it, and you guys yeah. had this amazing flow um is that is that rare on set have you found or yeah i'd say that's really rare um like i feel like notoriously the ad and the dp just don't get along because like wow. you know they they always want more time to light mm. things they want things to be perfect and like i love working with sam because like he can make things perfect in five minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just like he just he I think when you have like a really clear vision about what something is, then you can articulate it well to everybody else. And so it can get done. And I think everybody was just super on the same page, but like a lot, again, like egos get in the way, Every like people really let rank and file get in the way of things. And it's just like, well, like, what do you know? Like I need the time I need and you can't be telling me to do something that takes 20 minutes in 10. And it's just like, I respect what you're doing, what you're doing, but like, I, you know, we have a schedule to keep. Mm -hmm. And if we take an additional 10 minutes here, that means that less 10 minutes at this other spot. So, right. you know, I, I think like if you explain everything well, um, which I feel like everybody was good at doing on that set, then everybody could get on the same page. It wasn't like anyone felt jilted or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I um as like a crew member or an or I guess a director or a DP you have like this vision of like what you want things to look like or what you want to accomplish and as an AD do you have like similar visions of I want to accomplish this or do this this certain way or do you just more like go with the flow of the actual like visionary department heads I'd say that kind of depends on the project, especially with the one you feed where the director was one of the main actors. Um, I 
I needed to, um, to really visualize what they were visualizing and mm-hmm. like ha- keep that in mind the whole time. Um, and just like keep the tone where it needed to be when it, when it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was, I was really conscious of those kinds of things, especially in scenes where Drew was in, was acting in about like just maintaining direction, um, to keep it cohesive with like what had already been established. Um, but in general, I'd say for, for me, like the, the art form of the AD, um, is like keeping morale high on mm-hmm. set and just like keeping everybody in a positive headspace. Um, so it's like, I don't want anybody else really worrying about time except me. And mm-hmm. so, uh, like if I'm worried, I'll tell you. <laughs> and so right. like everybody else is just like, okay, well, like I'm trying to keep, keep everybody just like happy and keep our schedule going and like just trying to create uh, an environment that everybody feels like they can do their best work. Mm-hmm. What, what do you do when someone is clearly slacking and making the day go longer or the crew, uh, you know, stagnant or whatever? Do you like set them aside and talk to them or what, what have you done in the past or, or, or try yeah, to do I, when that happens? Yeah, I would pull them aside. I would never like try and like make a spectacle of somebody in front of everyone else. Cause it's just like, mm-hmm. I, that's just not the kind of set I think I would want to run. Right. Um, but like it, it hasn't happened often, but like, yeah, there have definitely been points where it's just like, okay, like, is there any way we can like, do you need help with right. yeah. doing something better? Like, and so it's, again, we all have the same goal to finish this thing. And so I, I usually take the approach of like, how can I help? What do you need to do your job faster, better, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's my approach. Yeah. And I think that's the best approach possible. And also like the most selfless, honestly, <laughs> like you have enough on your plate and then you're just like asking if someone else needs something, but <laughs> I have to say you, you helped me with that. And like it, I mean, everything changed when you did that. Like, so it, it's such like a, beneficial approach to filmmaking that I like again going back to the teamwork thing that I think a lot of people would just be like selfishly what do I need you're like fucking up my schedule you're fucking up my crew you know whereas you just take this like beautiful holistic approach and Mm. it helped me that's for sure (laughs) I mean like filmmaking is a holistic process like we everybody's so necessary and Mm -hmm. like I don't think anybody is more important than the other like we all need each other to make the thing (laughs) so absolutely we sure do not to yeah I'm gonna switch over a little bit um I listened to your commercial voiceover (laughs) <laughs> real and it was honestly amazing not gonna lie um how did you get into that i guess you kind of talked about it uh, when you're in chicago how you got into it but it's such a specific field was it something that you always wanted to do or um yeah, yeah not, did you get not really yeah. i like I, I it wasn't even something that i thought was available to me to be honest uh-huh. um and it's interesting because like i there is a friend of mine in chicago who like I think of him as like my little brother and like one of my biggest champions because he was the first person to hire me with money as an actor. When I moved to Chicago, he was the first person to hire me to do voiceover, the first person to hire me as a producer. And like, I just credit so much to him. Yeah. Shout out 
shout out to Casey Locke, Forward Motion Media. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, and that's how how I met Sam actually through through Casey as well. Um, but uh, yeah, with Casey's production company, they needed somebody to just do like a scratch read, but he paid me for it, and I was like, oh shit, like this is so easy and like it took me no time and like i was working like a job that i fucking hated mm -hmm. and so i was like oh man like i could buy a microphone like i can do this and mm -hmm. so i just learned a little bit of audio engineering from youtube videos and just like did it and like that was seven years ago and yeah. like that that's how i make like pretty much all my money now and it's wow yeah, yeah, like I'm so, I'm so grateful for it, especially yeah. now. <laughs> you totally got it down. Like I don't, you know, I don't know what it takes. Did you take a class? Like I just feel like when I heard your reel, I was like, I feel like she's she's got the she's got it down. <laughs> yeah. No, I like I've honestly never taken any classes on it. Like uh -huh. I just, I I will say I'm really terrible in an academic environment. <laughs> sure. Like, Same. like I feel like the angsty teen in me comes out and I'm like, what do you know? What do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, it's, it's so stupid. And it's like, it's not a good, uh, good trait, but um, no, I, like I, I really love it. And yeah. I do all kinds of weird projects all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, especially for right now, I was so grateful for that. I was so grateful for it when I moved from Chicago to LA. Cause I was like, I didn't have anything lined up, but I was already pretty much, primarily doing voiceover for my income and so mm -hmm. i was like wait i like i can do this anywhere it's relatively quiet and i have internet so True. like i can work anywhere and yeah so just it makes these really tough transitions a lot easier i listened to your voice and i was just like amazed i was like i feel like i've heard her that's, voice that's what i was her that, voice somewhere that's what i meant yeah uh what is the biggest commercial you would say you have voice acted for I don't do a ton of commercials, honestly. Uh, but one of my favorite ones I did was like for Spotify. It was a Kotex tampon commercial, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it paid me like four hundred bucks for like fifteen seconds. <laughs> it was just, it was great. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was like That's something awesome. super goofy, and I felt like I had achieved some bucket list thing that I didn't know was there. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be sure to uh, link uh, Heather's website below so that way you can check out her voice. You can hit her up for any acting gigs you have or first AD gigs or any kind of gigs you got. So Yeah, this is a random question, but I did look at the website, and it's a funky, cool website. Um, what is the, is a flamingo? Is that your favorite animal? Does it have the, no, anything? That's your yeah. Your last name is Mingo. I just put name. that together. Okay, is that okay? That wow. That it just got better. Okay. Yeah, I love the website um, and all Thanks. the flamingos. <laughs> we'll put it in the Thank link. Yeah. yeah. So check out the link below if you want to see Heather's <laughs> Mingo flamingos. <laughs> fun fun fact: My dad wanted to name me Flo so that my name would be Flo Mingo. Oh damn. Aww. Awesome. My mom put the kibosh on that. <laughs> she was like, eh, nah. <laughs> um, do you do you love theater acting or on camera or voice? What what is like what calls you the most? Or do you love all of them in like different ways? Yeah, like I find myself missing 
theater a lot. I like, I, I loved the instant gratification of just like, I did it and it's done. And like that, however that played out, that moment was its moment. And like, it's never going to be replicated. Um, and then obviously you get all the kudos afterwards and they're just like, ah, that's good. But like with film, I miss, you know, just the whole process of it. I, I haven't done any on camera acting in, in quite a few years and not in any kind of like real capacity. And I have been feeling the itch to get back into it, like over the past few months, because my, my partner is an actor and over this period when they have like moved production to things that are happening, like with, with folks that are like quarantined together or mm-hmm. like even within your home, like we've auditioned for things together. Mm. <laughs> so it's been, like, been kind of fun to like kind of get back into that. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I miss that. And, and obviously with the voiceover stuff, it's like, I can be anybody. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, like, that's super exciting and appealing to me. Um, I think that, I, the thing I hate the most about voice acting is like I do my own editing and I don't really like editing that much. Mm. And um, so I think I would enjoy the voice acting aspect most of all if uh, if I didn't have to do that part. <laughs> have you done any voice acting for video games or things like that? Because I know the voice acting community is pretty small. And once you do one thing, you basically do like if you do commercials, you do voice, you do you know, video games and animations too and everything. So yeah, I've done um, a couple of like children's video games, like mostly um, like science based ones or like I, I play a turtle <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or like an astronaut or something like that. I, I think that I, I get a little pigeonholed into like nerdy things because I can pronounce words well, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine by me. I think that's super fun. Um, but yeah, I do. I do that like uh i think katie knows this about me but i also do some some voice porn <laughs> oh yeah wait i feel like <laughs> i love that by the way i think but... that is like the hottest thing ever <laughs> but i'm not i'm not gonna plug the website because it's, no, under, no. it's under an alias <laughs> <laughs> and so i don't want my uh my fans to <laughs> but it's like a well-trafficked site <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, like super Heather, funny Heather is like, that's, yeah. like you're just such a badass that's why I love you you're the coolest strongest <laughs> most just like this is who I am fuck you if you don't get it like woman like I just I love how strong you are and I'm always so inspired and oh. like if like I ever need anything like I can turn to you because you're <laughs> You never judge anyone. Like you're always just like you receive people and like listen and like do you feel like that's a quality you just have in innately or is that something you learn from being on set that it just like helps to be listen and be receptive? I think uh that's definitely a skill that I've acquired over time. Um I I know that there have definitely been points in my life where I felt like I was more judgmental or like didn't listen as well. And those were periods where I, I didn't really like myself as much. Mm-hmm. And so uh, learning the difference uh, through therapy and self-reflection, <laughs> I will, I will plug those. You guys, like, those are great things. Um, yeah. Learning, learning those skills are so helpful for like, they're so helpful for everything in your life. <laughs> so I, um, I think that, 
I'd, I'd like to think of myself as a, as a not very judgmental person now. And I like to think that I listen well and that can help in whatever way and know when helping means stepping away from mm-hmm. whatever the situation is or a person. Um, what were you like as a kid and like, what were your <laughs> <laughs> earliest oh, memories of, you know, maybe acting or writing or like, do you have those memories or moments from your childhood? Yeah, for sure. Like I, I was, I grew up with three brothers mm-hmm. and we grew up pretty poor in very rural Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so like, we spent a lot of time making our own fun. Like we would, like my dad was a carpenter and he would come home from just with, with scraps of stuff from construction jobs. And we would just like build things. We would mm-hmm. just like create worlds with, with like whatever scraps we found. So and cool. like, yeah. So we would just like create weird communities and characters and things like that and we would just make stuff up and we would also like create like stop motion videos with our troll dolls and things like that too (laughs) so like i I feel like i i was always like very creatively active Mm -hmm. um i was always like a pretty curious kid um like i was reading really early and so like Mm -hmm. i would just like read and read and read when i was a kid and like always ask a ton of questions and just like was just constantly curious i guess uh you had those childhood experiences did you always know that filmmaking or theater was like the thing that you wanted to do not entirely honestly i i went to school for psychology and latin so (laughs) it's like (laughs) i i thought that i would end up pursuing something in the psychology field Mm -hmm. and it's something that still is really interesting to me, but, but again, like I'm, I kind of hate academia and I, I went to a good school, but I like definitely wasn't a good student and I, I just don't learn well in that environment. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know that moving forward to get like an advanced degree in this is going to be the best fit for me. And I kind of like making my own structure as opposed to like feeding into whatever structures are already there. Yeah. So I didn't really know that was what I wanted to get into. I, I, acted like I did community theater uh from a young kid like a young age and then I did it through high school and I did like drama club in our like super small school and yeah and then mostly like did theater and sketch comedy in college but I still had really no idea that I would end up in the film world Mm because where I grew up like I it wasn't something that really seemed available to me in Virginia yeah, but like we made like little goofy things. Like I had some some great friends in high school that uh, work in film now in Richmond, mm-hmm. and so like we would make like goofy little music videos and just like sketches and stuff like that. That were that was super That's fun. Cool. That's awesome. So how did you go from psychology and Latin, which is the super cool, like, <laughs> but how did you go from that into did you just keep acting even though you were in college and then you went to, did you go to college in Chicago or no? In Virginia. Yeah. In Virginia. But then you just, you moved to Chicago for acting? A, a boy. A I, boy. <laughs> I, I only move places for boys. Um, so, but like my, uh, my partner at the time, he had just gotten into U Chicago for grad school and I visited Chicago and totally fell in love with it, but he and I broke up, but I was like, I'm going to move there anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I always felt like, not that my parents weren't supportive of, of my acting endeavors or like doing something creative, 
but like for me I just I felt like oh I need to have something that's like more well well rounded I I feel like I can't major in theater I can't do this like otherwise like I'm putting all my eggs in one basket and I think that's like a fear-based decision and I understand that now but like you know 17 year old Heather is a different, <laughs> a different animal. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know that I would make a different decision because I like that. I have just like a well-rounded outlook on things. And I think, you know, the more you learn about anything and everything is going to feed into what you know about everything else. Mm -hmm. So do you think, yeah, like kind of going back to what you just said at the end of that is, do you think psychology helps with you for uh whether you're a first ad and you're managing all these different personalities or you're writing and you're getting into a character's psyche do you feel like your psychology studies have helped you yeah for sure i i think it definitely gives me a little more nuance mm -hmm. and understanding of like where somebody or a character might be coming from yeah are you writing you are writing something aren't you aren't you writing a feature i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> how's that how's that going well, uh, it's, it's going it's yeah. like I I feel like I have a draft but it's not ready for eyes yet sure. um I don't know and again that might be a fear-based decision so <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I haven't looked at it though in probably a month like obviously with everything going on it's just like my my productivity waves have just been all over the place same um, yeah, i think we can all <laughs> so, sorry like i try and give myself a little grace with that. for sure absolutely is it a drama i don't know if you want to dig more into it but is it a yeah, like, sure. what's the yeah what's the premise if you um it's it's like it is a bit dramatic but it's a sort of an absurdist sci-fi okay. film um kind of yorgos lanthimos type Ooh. thing um like yeah <laughs> brandon like <Lightning>. yeah <laughs> That sounds cool. Um, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Like from what I know of the story through Heather, and I, I don't want to divulge too much because it's almost like too good of a storyline to put out. <laughs> um, it's, it's like really, really, really cool. So I actually just watched uh, the Baba Duke for the first time, oh, wow. and that has a lot of the same elements to me. Um, like so, it's 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 a little bit of a horror story about motherhood um mm -hmm. and like i as a woman am capable of being a mother and <laughs> it frightens me so much and so i have like i have a lot of complicated feelings about it and so this script explores that mm -hmm. um in, in a sort of absurdist way and wow. with like in a world that has a kind of sci-fi overlay so awesome that's so awesome that you found something that like you fear or struggle with and you decided that i want to write about it that's so yeah cool. that's yeah. my <laughs> little therapy there for you <laughs> sure. that's so cool yeah. i think that's something that filmmakers could learn from is like if you're struggling with something and filmmaking is like the only thing that you really know it could be therapy that just yeah. write through your yeah your problems yeah it's true and they say write what you know and i feel like you know what you're afraid of is why not tackle that? I mean, like, that's so much more interesting than just like, well, I grew up in this weird place, so I'm going to write about this weird place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. that's cool too. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was one of my favorite writing quotes, actually, for so long was write what you fear the most. And I, mm. 
I was like, that even scared me. The thought of writing what I fear the most. I'm like, I don't know. I can't even go there. So yeah, I, I think that's incredible that you're yeah. like, I'm fucking going there. Like, this is, I'm tackling, tackling this. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an incredible story. Like, yeah, yeah we'll leave it at that. <laughs> would you want to direct this too? Not to, I mean, I know you're. Just, I, would, I would. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. Cool. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like obviously, production's in a weird place right now, so mm-hmm. I haven't been trying to. Like, I don't want to like force it to be like, okay, this is going to be the first thing out of the gate. Um, like, I want to wait until we're in a in a place where we can do this safely. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty minimal. Uh, cast at least um so we'll see we'll see what the what the next year brings yeah for sure and how's the card game going how's sex moves and just... oh boy like that was just like such poor timing i think yeah, like i'm sure um obviously like we had launched the kickstarter to fund the first round of production for that and um basically like the, with the last few days like with the final push happening it was like oh, everybody's on lockdown. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Like, it sounds like people are pretty busy with, you know, trying to figure out how to survive right now. So um, I don't think they're that interested in hearing about like farting in someone's butthole or something. <laughs> so you wrote like pretty much almost all the ideas for those. So do you want to talk about that? Because it's, yeah. it's I've played it like multiple times. It's so much it's fun. It's so fun. It's like yeah. So I've played cards. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a Cards Against Humanity style card game. I don't really know what the future will be for that. Um, mm. I think it'll, you know, it'll depend on what what the world is, I guess. Like again, just like everything feels so heavy right now. And the idea of like trying to plug something that's like not important uh mm-hmm. feels mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it just feels yucky to do. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean that's kinda how I felt with this podcast too at the time. Yeah. I was like, should we no, but like this is at least like this is an I don't know. Mine's like stupid fart jokes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But one thing somebody told told me was that honestly, entertainment is the only thing that has gotten that, people yeah. like yeah. through this time. Like whether it's movies, TV shows, web series, podcasts, card games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like literally, that's what's kept people sane and alive. Yeah. And like also. I like how your card game brings people together. And I'm sorry, I keep plugging it, but I, I literally played it with, I mean, I know we played it at the rap party, which was like insanely fun. And we all like knew each other. Yeah. But I played it with total strangers at Heather's house. <laughs> and it's still so fun, even though it's like so uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Well, for me, because I'm like the biggest dork. And that's why yeah. everyone loves playing with me because I'm such a dork. You could even play when we, I don't, yeah, when we at the rap party, you weren't even like, like yeah you couldn't do it right if i remember I correctly yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just couldn't do it i was so <laughs> couldn't read anything yeah <laughs> I, I was like stumbling over every syllable of the card but it was like so much fun though and but yeah anyways i think it's so like important to have mm. all that right now especially right now um yeah so but yeah i know what you're saying at the same time it feels like a little futile compared to you know all the big stuff happening mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Speaking, we'll see like we'll see what happens in a few months but yeah for sure yeah. speaking of uh rap party that karaoke band though <laughs> oh yeah 
the, wow. the gold the gold karaoke van it's my friend kelsey's van it's a great business obviously right now is a weird time to be booking a karaoke van <laughs> but she still do she still has it so if you want to have a party of one <laughs> or if you want to you know do self-tapes in there you could record your podcast in there <laughs> oh yeah that would be so fun actually that was so like heather I had no idea even what a rap party was. I would never have had one. And then Heather made it so fun. Like so oh many God, people came yeah. to me is like Heather made that rap party. I'm like, I yeah, know. for real. I know. For real. That's so true. Incredible. I'm a party girl. <laughs> oh yeah, and she Please. is just like fierce on the mic with that karaoke. And Tim too, her partner. What's your oh, what's good. what is your go to karaoke song? I know you have oh, a few. God. I have so many. Um, <laughs> it it, it kind of depends on the night. Um, but I, lately, I had been really liking Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Let's say there was like a huge stadium of people. Like, what what are you huge busting stadium. out? Like that was that was definitely one that was like a a good one. Uh, Love Fool by the Cardigans. <laughs> <Okay. Do that. laughs> um, and let's see, I would also do This Charming Man by Morrissey. <laughs> mm, okay. Wow. Love those. Um, I have a question, Heather. So what do you, do you like one thing the best or do you kind of love all of it? Like the acting and the, produ I know, you, I remember at one point you said producing maybe wasn't your favorite, but like the first ADing, what, what is, or writing, what, what like excites you the most? I think that also kind of depends on the project. I like, I like to look at a project and see what I can offer the most in. And so, yeah, the idea that I'm a great fit for all of those things on all projects is just kind of ludicrous. So I like to look at something and, and if I can best serve the germ of the project by being an ad like that's mm -hmm. awesome like in, in sort of like a less creative role but being like okay like i really believe in this project i really want to like bring it to fruition um that was that would be like where i would see myself as like first ad or producer um and like i feel like it's it's rare these days uh that i like see myself in an acting capacity but like again like I said I'm kind of like warming back up to that mm -hmm. uh so mm -hmm. we'll see what the future brings as far as that goes and since I'm so green with directing I I think I I fall into that like imposter syndrome place and it makes me like doubt jumping into it right now but mm -hmm. it's like I don't know get over that <laughs> exactly <laughs> true that I mean yeah. because really you I mean, first ADing, I mean, especially like uh, Anthony was saying, when the, the actor is, is uh, the director is acting, like you're doing it, you know what yeah. I mean? You're already doing it. And when you're writing, I always love writer directors because they see like the whole movie in their head. And, and so like, usually if you're writing something, like you already know what you want to achieve. So mm -hmm. like, it's already there. Um, whereas me as a writer, I don't, I don't have that. Cause I just have my little writer hat on like my, yeah. myopic little point of view. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So 
yeah, it just depends on the project. I, I can get equally excited about all of those things, though. For sure. Uh, Anthony was your second AD on mm-hmm. the feed. So what? <laughs> what's the relationship between a second oh, and, a, a and a first? Well, I will say that you were my first second AD. So Whoa. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're my first first AD. So damn. <laughs> I have never had the honor of having a second AD. Like really? I, I've had PAs on set, but like obviously, like Anthony was so much more than that. You were, um, yeah. It was it was such a help to know that. I had literally like my right hand man, <laughs> like, <laughs> like sidekick. Yeah, no, it was it was amazing because it was like I you you are so competent and just so thank you thorough <laughs> and amazing. And I knew that whatever I asked of you, even if I didn't ask it of you, you would like I could just trust that it was getting done. And like having that is incredible. So as far as a typical relationship i don't know if that is atypical mm-hmm. um but i knew that that was something i was like i'm going to request a second ad on everything i ad now <laughs> yeah. what, what would you do in the past you would just it would just be more work for you like doing you were doing the call sheets too and all that yeah i would just be doing the call sheets too yeah. which honestly like on days like we were having on set like we would wrap so late and like be up so early and i would just be exhausted and i knew it would be like riddled with mistakes <laughs> so, <Sure. laughs> so it's really nice to have somebody who's like okay like i'm i'm gonna be fresh eyes on this yeah, like, <laughs> true that. yeah um and that made it so much better i i would also just work with much smaller crews mm-hmm. and so it wasn't like that big of a deal or like i wouldn't have consecutive shoot days often and so like that made all the other like paperworky stuff less of a problem um, what, what are some of your biggest challenges and it doesn't have to be on the one you feed, but that you faced as a, a first AD and how did you personalities. Okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> personalities. Um, yeah, it's like, I try and come into situations being like positive neutral. Um, so it's like, <laughs> I'll come in and like, you know, I try and assert authority in like a fun way and mm. in a nice way um and just try and like gain everybody's trust but not like in a manipulative way um so <laughs> <laughs> I, I know i know it's making it sound like i have this like little game plan um but yeah i try and come in and it's just like okay i want to i want to be a person that everybody knows they can come to if they have a problem they're mm. not going to hide something from me um if like they fuck something up <laughs> so, <laughs> like okay no you need to tell me like right away so we can fix it um yeah like like i think i try and strike a balance with everybody in the crew and cast like pretty immediately and obviously like personalities will like pop up and get out of that balance and so mm. then it has to be like whack a mole um <laughs> get it back in line <laughs> So I think like dealing with that in like a, a a sensitive way is the biggest challenge. Yeah. I think what I also loved that you did is sometimes you go on set and there's not really a, you're, you're just confused of what you're doing. Even on some bigger sets I've been on, I feel like there's not a, a, a leader. I mean, obviously there's a director, but I mean more so like I remember the first day on the one you feed, you rounded everyone up for a safety meeting and also just like an introduction to who you are. And I, I don't know, I, I don't see that that often. And do you strive to do that a lot as like having this collective voice on set and gathering people up and everyone being under the same 
uh, instruction and, you know, just those little meetings, not just safety meetings, but introduction meetings. Yeah, I think that's super important, especially, mm -hmm. I mean, like I met like Katie and Gareth and Drew just like a week and a half before production and yeah. I only knew Sam. And so like it was a lot for me as much as everyone else. So yeah. I... I felt like, okay, like if we're all going to work together, we all have to know each other. It seemed exactly. like a lot of the crew had worked together before, but mm -hmm. it was just like, if you are going to trust me as being like the delegator and timekeeper and what have you, then like, I need to let you know who I am and like, let you know that I'm not going to like bite your head off. If, if like we're running a little bit behind and you need to tell me something that's going to make us more behind. Yeah. So I think like just, getting my personality out there is is something that i feel like is important totally well uh i believe we've been talking for a little bit over an hour so i have to do my usual wrap-up um, <laughs> where i ask a question and it's gonna go like this <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a there's a time capsule and it's going to open up in 50 years. And Heather, you have to put three movies in the time capsule. Three movies. What movies do you put in it? Mm. Mm. The Lobster, which is my favorite Oof. film. Because I think it's, uh, it's beautiful and absurdist. It's a horror film. It's a rom-com. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's sci-fi. It's everything. Mm -hmm. um, the Wedding Singer. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I've uh, it's it's my yeah, it's legit my favorite rom com. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Adam Sandler during this period, so <laughs> because that's like all I can handle. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see that and A Clockwork Orange because mm. that is also one of my favorite films. Uh, it's super intense. I won't watch it right now, but it's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of Stanley Kubrick's finest works. <laughs> I could agree. The, yeah. Those are the best three movies anyone's picked so far. They encapsulate like, Heather so sure. well. Like you got a little bit of wedding singer <laughs> for karaoke side, <laughs> the absurdist side, and like I don't know, it's got a little bit of everything. I love it. <laughs> that is so true. It totally did. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well uh, thank you, Heather, so much for taking your time to speak with us. And I hope everybody can learn from this podcast. And hopefully they can learn a lot about you and see how amazing of a person you are. So thank Aww, you. Yeah. Thanks for having thank me. You, Heather. <laughs> thank you, Heather. We love you guys. We love, love you, you too. so much. You're so beautiful. Go check out heathermingo.com, right? Or at heathermingo. Heathermingodoes.com because there's a real estate agent who took my <laughs> 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 okay, heathermingodoes.com and at heathermingo on Instagram. At Mingo Mingare. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've got them all wrong. Come on, Katie. <laughs> all right. I know. <laughs> okay, at Mingo underscore Mingare. <laughs> there we go. It's Latin. Fun fact my last name means I urinate in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> amazing and rate and review us if you like what we're doing give us five stars and we appreciate you love you so much heather you're so beautiful thank you for coming on and we definitely want to have you on next season too this is our first season oh great yeah let's do it awesome you know where to find me. <laughs>
or maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Uh, tune in next week, and we will be interviewing my homie JP. She is a very talented French uh, film composer, and she's a good friend of mine. And awesome. yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right. So see you guys later. Later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.